Hey, I guess they're right. Senior citizens, although slow and dangerous behind the wheel, can still serve a purpose. I'll be right back. Don't you go dying on me. All right, kids, here we go. Next seminar up June 9th through the 11th with a few spots left, August 11th through the 13th after that, then October 13th through the 15th. New announcement, new camp on the list. We have a workshop for personal trainers. This is geared directly to people in the business currently but may not be familiar with the Starting Strength Method. This will be June 25th in Plano at Starting Strength Plano. It's going to be an eight-hour camp. Rip is going to come down. He's going to talk about starting strength, the method, the approach, the philosophy, uh, how to incorporate this in your current personal training practice. But a couple cool things about this also, if you are currently active with a certification from another certifying body, uh, you can get $100 off. There's details about that on the site, uh, as well as earn uh, seven contact hours uh, and a certificate for completion that you can use for potentially CEUs. So check that out. That's going on June 25th. First time we're ever doing this. A couple self-sufficient lifter camps on the list with the spots left. May 13th in Wichita Falls and May 20th in Omaha. Testify Strength and Conditioning. That Omaha one has one spot left at the time of this recording. Both those camps cover the squat, the press, the deadlift, how to film yourself, and how to diagnose your own technique. Lift Shoot Fight Camp is back on the table. That's a two-day camp, July 8th and 9th. That's going on in Wichita Falls. That'll be covering the lifts some handgun work, and some combatives. For squat and deadlift camps with spots still available, Chicago on May 21st at Starring Strength Chicago, Long Island on June 11th, Cincinnati at Starring Strength Cincinnati on June 17th, and Singapore at Hygieia Strength and Conditioning on June 18th. Then we have some three-lift camps going on in Europe, May 20th in Manchester, UK, and June 24th in Brussels, Belgium, at Brussels Barbell. Also not on the list yet, but look out for camps coming to the mix. Vancouver, Canada, maybe one in Indianapolis, maybe a couple more on Long Island. So keep an eye on the website for those as they pop up, because some of those do sell out fast. And as usual, for more information on anything that I talked about, head over to StarringStrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, Starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. How are you, people? Y'all okay? Good over here. Yeah. Get my crew neck down where it's supposed to be. I don't like it when it rides up like that. Yeah. It's irritating. It's like a turtleneck. Right. Right. You know anybody wears a turtleneck? My dad was wearing a turtleneck this weekend. I'm glad I didn't say that. Now, it wasn't a full-on fold over turtleneck it's i think what they refer to as a mock turtleneck mock Just turtle little, i was about to short. say something uncouth i'm glad i didn't <laughs> well i don't know what the hell he's thinking when i was a kid i had a, had some turtlenecks because yes yeah, so oh, as a child know, that's different you know the man from uncle wore them oh that's right yeah you know yeah i think Ilya kuriakin in the man from uncle wore a uh, turtleneck yep keep the neck warm and uh i mean they're of practical i had to have one they're practical. You know, they are practical. <laughs> How are, they're stupid looking, but they're practical. They're practical. How are they practical? They keep you warm. Oh, keep God. your neck warm. Okay. Yeah. Keep you warm. You know, everybody's neck gets cold. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when David McCallum is this big. Right? <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, what we're going to do this week is uh, what we call a paper Q&A. You have written these questions. I'm going to give you the answers to these questions if I want to. Some of them I'm not going to address because they're stupid. And, you know, you ask me a stupid question, I answer it. It makes me look stupid, and we can't have that. So uh, we're just going to have kind of a run-of-the-mill kind of a bunch of questions this time. Um, But first, comments comments from 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 the heaters. And this is an exceptionally uh, caustic 
perfect word. Batch of uh, haters comments. Perfect word for it. Caustic. Caustic. Yeah. All right. Here's a rather average one here from Tom Snowden. Rip is for people who don't mind being fat in order to lift weights. That's the only good his program is for. Because my program makes you fat. Right. Right? Here's one I don't understand. Marcus Jones says, I never knew press was a two-syllable word until I discovered rip. <laughs> now, what the fuck does he... Press. How many press. syllables is press? I wonder if he said it. No. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Press. You think so? Press. Press. No. Press. press. Like the three-syllable pronunciation of God, the Southern Baptist. God! Uh, duh. Yeah. Yeah, with the uh. Three yeah. syllables. Yeah. God! Yeah. There's an uh but in I, the press? Know, when Rip says press. it. Press. When Rip says it. Okay. I've never said it any other way but press. Press. That's one syllable. Rusty's here well, too. I don't know, this is the guy's a hater. Not now. Yeah. That was when fucking he's... Rusty that wrote that comment. I didn't. I didn't write no comment. I don't write YouTube comments. All right. Well, with that in mind, Tyler Lane asks, "Why the fuck is Rusty on camera?" <laughs> <laughs> see now, it's, now it's fucking caustic, isn't it? Huh? <laughs> now you see what I'm talking about. I wonder the same fucking thing every time yeah. I edit one of these. <laughs> All right here's one. This is yeah, really good. good. Geek Tarted says, "Fat dudes <laughs> hating on in shape dudes." <laughs> That's clever. That's a good one. Yeah. It is, that's a great one. <laughs> they spelled dudes with a Z. <laughs> right now, here is uh, uh, someone by the name of Patrick Dufour. Uh, who, this is a tra trap bar uh, video that okay. has returned so many right. uh, dividends since it was uh, since it was filmed. Big Daddy with beer belly not doing any deadlift. Say he know it's not good this to do. Wow. This is the caliber. That's great. It's a voter. That, that's Yeah. That's a voter. The fan can vote for yeah. president. Yeah. And probably did. <laughs> Three or four times. Three or four times. By mail. Vote early and vote off. Yeah. All right, here's some person with an unpronounceable Portuguese name. Bench press must be one of the most useless strength training you do for any sport. Basically only trains the pectorals. Mm. Pectoralis. The pectoralis. Yeah, there's a deep understanding of this. good, yeah. Anatomy and kinesiology right. <clears throat> of the bench press. Only the pecs. Pectoralis. 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 Yeah. Pectoralis. All right. All right. Iceman says, I bet if Rip did yoga, he wouldn't be having as much back pain, but he is only a believer in his program. I started yoga years ago, <laughs> and I've had little to no back pain. If I hadn't, my back would be fucked up by now. How does he know that? <laughs> Some logical leaps there. <laughs> hey maybe you should try yoga all right all right this is a good one here uh this is uh somebody has gone back into the archives here and who is on a plant-based diet starting to radio clip yeah, that's an old one that's an old one a couple years at least says pronouncing vegans as Vegans doesn't make sense because you would basically never pronounce a soft G before the letter A. So no, you can't read. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Vegetable. Yeah. Vegetable. Yeah. Vegetarian. That's V E G E, right? Uh, veget yes. Well, so is vegetable. Vegetable is V E G E T A B L E. Right. 
Well, I'm not really concerned about the vowel after it's the just a, It's a vowel. shouldn't I, matter what vowel it, it is. It, it, Sometimes well, the haters. I'm why would it be? Right why would it be? <laughs> Sometimes the haters make you think. You know? So they want you to pronounce it how? Vegan. 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 Yeah. But not why? Vegan. Why? Why is it a lot? Vegan, because every other permutation of the word is a Veg. G sound for the G, but not these guys. And it's a and it's a it's a soft or not soft a, sh- a short E. Yeah, but that's that's what I'm saying. That Veg. it's not the G that gets me. It's why is the why, E long? Why is the E? Why put a long E before the G? Right. Yeah. Why is it? Why is the E long? Vegan. It should be vegan, right? Uh, you know, it should vegetable. be vegan. Right. Ve- vegetable. Vegan. It should be vegan. 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 Maybe that. Maybe you that's know what it should be. That's probably the right pronunciation. Yeah, what it should be. Is never pronounced at all. <laughs> Shouldn't even exist. Shouldn't even they exist. They ought to round all of those motherfuckers up and put them in a home. Let them eat each other. And let them eat each other after they get sufficiently hungry. That's what they ought to do. All right. Vegan. That's how right, I'm pronouncing now, it from now on. Here's some most common injuries. Jared Schmuck, the appropriately named Jared Schmuck, says, always make making excuses for having pain. It's not normal. Look at the SS forum to see how screwed up everyone is. Mm. It's not normal to feel pain. No, not at all. <laughs> look at these guys. They both look awful, weird, bloated faces with bug eyes and red skin. <laughs> that's you and Will, right? <laughs> yeah, it's you and Will, I think. Yeah, I guess that's me and me and Morris. <laughs> Stay far away from sturdy strength if you want to stay healthy and pain free. That's great. <laughs> it's not normal to right. feel pain. There's, there's yeah, a lot that's of gold news to a lot of people. You know? There's a lot of gold. That's going to be great on episode 300. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. You're, you're same guy. Oh, he's real pissed. Cope video, he says. I don't, I don't know what that means. It says, don't plan for failure. The Starting Strength Network previews, don't plan for failure. Do you remember that clip? No. Uh, Everyone if, I know in their 50s and above are injury-free and hardly lift anything. <laughs> they do other stuff like light cardio and hiking, maybe some light, moderate resistance training here and there. Check out the Starting Strength forums and see how fucked up everyone is and ask yourself why you never see rip or nick lift anything damn they got you damn they got you again Nick's back was severely fucked up recently <clears throat> almost required surgery but i don't lift anything don't follow these fools <laughs> but i don't lift anything how how was the lift how did you get how did i hurt my back if i don't lift anything you don't expect him to answer that no i don't you know you know what i love about it is he keeps so close tabs on you he he just and the forums and the forums and the forums that he knows what's going on yeah when you when you get home today i'll look for he is he standing behind the tree is he he putting flowers on your car i was wondering where this came from (laughs) i thought they were from you (laughs) they're from what's his name uh jared schmuck ah perfect that's a good name Okay, I'll look out for the schmuck. All right, All right. old Natty says, I suspected you were a pompous blowhard that didn't know shit. Now I know for sure. The 20-rep breathing squat program built more muscle and strength than any steroid or program of today, including five sets of five. Well, he must know. So... Old Natty, how strong did you get, sweetheart? <laughs> you left that out. Old, squatting six right, right now. Old Natty. All right. David Galton says, my God, what a moron. Can't listen to this guy's crap. Jones was a genius. He's talking about Arthur, Arthur Jones. Arthur Jones, yeah. This guy isn't. And he was a bodybuilder. Jones wasn't a bodybuilder, and neither was I. <laughs> Jones was a heavy smoker, <laughs> for that matter. Him being a genius and shit, he was a wow. heavy smoker. But uh, 
Thoughts on Arthur Jones? All right. Here's somebody by the name of Chi Peng, and I really hope I'm mispronouncing that. Uh, Harrison, how many reps can this swine butt plug (laughs) do (laughs) without getting breathless? This guy is just a joke that no actual professional athlete, 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 or coach take serious. Mm. Covers the whole spectrum of hater comments. Man, on this I, one. I got one more good. here. Oh, okay, good. Uh, this is probably the best one. Can't Ray wait. Cohen. One of the Cohen family. There's only, what, <laughs> three of million of those? <laughs> a few of those running around. <clears throat> of all the booger-eating morons in all the world, you're the booger-eatingest. <laughs> Virtually everything you say in this video, the trap bar video, yeah, <laughs> defies logic of engineering and biomechanics and the mathematics behind them. Nice. That's good. That is hateful. It started with boogers and boogers. Ended with mathematics. And just everything he could do to impugn my <laughs> intellect and my dietary habits, he is he has done. That's a sophisticated hater. It is, in fact. <laughs> so, uh, that concludes, I suppose, this week's installment of comments from, from the haters. Okay. Now, now that that tiresome display of uh, well, what, what what would you call that? Uh, when I purposely allow myself to be bashed, what what's that? That is self self something self deprecation deprecation yeah self deprecation yeah yeah that display of self deprecation weekly it seems <laughs> it's healthy. <laughs> It's healthy for so much better now. <laughs> <laughs> it's cathartic. As the, as the cathartic. Story. Cathartic. You know what catharsis is, right? It's when it, you make yourself puke. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's just that's like basically s- what just happened. Ipecac syrup. Yeah. You've heard of that? I have. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that shit works, but... Makes you vomit. I've never used it on pancakes or anything, but (laughs) does it's supposed to make you puke, isn't it? Yeah. So, like, if you've eaten like a poisonous insect, right? You drank some Drano on, or you you went to Wendy's or something like that. You've got (laughs) to you've got to get that out of there. (laughs) You fucked up and ate at Wendy's. Yeah. All right now got a bunch of questions here these are from uh are these from the uh, network i believe so these are all from the network there may be a couple from the email list well they're all the same format looks like these are all network formatted stuff so we'll just assume they're from the network now you guys know about the network right you join the network 75 dollars a year it's like pennies a day three cents a day three cents a day is what that is that was a guess. I don't actually know. I guess we could do it. $75 <clears throat> divided by 365 is... 20 cents a day. 20 cents a day. Where and, and if you're a member of the network, you get to watch this thing, the whole podcast, for free. And, you know, the audio is free anyway. But they don't get to see you. But they don't get to see... They don't get to see Rusty. My reactions to these absurd comments from the haters they don't get to see rusty's greasy hair and his shiny beard they don't get to see your shiny bald pate pate yes (laughs) that's good you don't get to see mine man it's getting there i'm telling you 
See, as long as I just left. stay facing the camera. Yeah, yeah. You know, you yeah, can't you can't really, tell. You can't, can't tell. really tell, can you? Mm. But, uh, you know, if, I mean, you really want to be plugged in, you need to join the network. 75 bucks. You get a whole lot of the content. The whole damn year, you get a whole lot more content than you get free. Yep. And, uh, you know, and frankly, we need the money. <laughs> Quite frankly, we need the money. You'll notice we're not asking you to just give us money, all right? We're asking you to join the network, and in return for having done that, you benefit in ways that the haters can't possibly understand. Yeah. All right. I mean, look what happened. Bree's gone. We sold her. Had to sell her. Had to sell her. Yep. They keep trying. They keep trying to sell her back. (laughs) We need the money. Yeah, half we, off. We sold her as we is. Sold, we sold her for two two annual subscriptions. Right. And they're like, please take her back. No. No, we're not going to take her back. All right. Now, CK772. Why would somebody on the network be using it? Must not be. A, well, no, because they, they picked their forum name. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, he says, I've heard you share your thoughts about physical therapists. What are your thoughts on chiropractic practitioner, chiropractor practitioners and the field in general? Is it a legitimate health field? Well, that's an interesting question. All right. Uh, there are a certain class of back injuries that are treatable by manipulation. Uh, and depending on the chiropractor, uh, some of these guys are real, real good with their hands and they can, I have help for that matter. I have, uh, gone to a chiropractor with a back injury, uh, where I just was, couldn't hardly breathe and gotten through with the, the adjustment and walked out to the car out of pain, completely out of pain. That's happened a couple of times. Uh, and there's some of these guys are real good. Some of them are not worth a shit. Right. <clears throat> Just depends entirely on how good the guy is with his hands. And there's they, a lot. Can, they can do more than just a massage therapist can do. There's a lot that sell snake oil, too. There's, I think. Well, I'm about to I'm about to to uh, to address that because uh, Chiropractors have a perfectly reasonable place in the in the in the spectrum of allied medical field treatment therapists. All right, they cannot cure cancer. They allergies. Cannot, they they cannot fix allergies. They cannot do any of this shit that all of them used to say they could affect fifty years ago. But most of them that are still in practice have grown out of that and they know that they are a form of physical therapy that's the if if you find a chiropractor that's operating as a particular type of physical therapist and he's good with his hands you're going to be able to get some good out of this guy all right but if you find some old crazy guy that thinks he can cure cancer and 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 allergies and diabetes and shit like that. That's, you know, oh, they're, that's, they're uh, still out there. But you know what? There are worse doctors than that. For sure. It's not. It's not. You know, it's not honestly. particular to chiropractic For that sure. these guys are are charlatans. Yep. There's a couple of doctors here in Wichita Falls that are scary. Yep. You know, scarier than any chiropractor I've ever seen or even heard about yep. you know i went to a chiropractor one time who told me that the reason my back was out is that today the gravity was off <laughs> the gravity was back and to the right for everyone or, yeah. or just for you i don't i don't know i okay. didn't ever get that satisfied but he said the gravity's back to the right so i stood there and i and looked at him, and I and I jumped up in the air and turned around 180 degrees, and I said, "Where is it now?" And he said, 
Hey, I don't have all the answers. <laughs> That's great. It's good. I'm talking about up and left. You know, that's what I should have done. I got up and left. But by the same token, I had a kid come in the gym eight or nine years ago. Been a while. Big kid, 26, you know, middle 20s, 205 pound kid. You know, nice looking young man, 5'10, 5'11, substantial looking guy. He was pharmacy tech down at one of the pharmacies and stuff and he was you know he started training with us and i got to talking to him because he was in there at night when i was training and uh i ended up getting this guy to tell me that he was on a ssri selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor which is a psychoactive medication uh that is used to treat depression And I asked him who put him on that. What psychiatrist that he was seeing that put him his on that? Primary care doctor. And he said his primary care doctor had put him on that. And I said, "Who is your primary care doctor?" And he told me. And I said, "How many visits did you uh, have with him before he put you on?" this Prozac and he said well just one and I said how long did you talk to him during that during that interview how long was he in the room with you I said was it 30 minutes he said oh no oh no absolutely not I said 15 minutes no no 10 minutes 5 minutes no so what a minute minute and a half two minutes and he said yeah something like that 26 year old kid comes into goddamn doctor's office lifetime subscription with to a, prozac with with a and leaves with a prescription to prozac right now there's never been a chiropractor on the surface of the earth that fucked something up like that yeah well, most chiropractors still have to convince you to pay them most, right? Right. So there's there's at least that still yeah. <clears throat> in the chiropractic world. So, but but you go into this piece of shit's office and you're paid. He's paid before he even sees you. Exactly. You know. Yep. That's right. And I, it's just you know, chiropractors if are have to be evaluated on an individual basis. Some of these guys are real good. Some of them can make your back feel a whole lot better right now. There's some things and, that, that'll right away tip off that you shouldn't be in that guy's office. One is if he immediately wants to give get an x-ray of your spine. Right. And then wants to bring you into a room and tell you you've got all these subluxations and you need to you need to thirty visits. You need to come for thirty visits. Thirty right? visits is always the you know Exactly. No, no, that's a that's not chiropractic that's a business model of the office right and it hasn't got anything to do with chiropractic treatment it's got to do with the way he builds his income out of his out of his patient traffic right that's what he does now you you know if so if you're all right you go in with an acute injury and you're hurting and you can't walk especially if you've got uh you know loss of control of your bowels you know, uh, something where there is obvious neurological involvement as opposed to just localized back pain. A good chiropractor will not treat you that day right. without some kind of diagnostics in place. And if, you know, if he goes ahead and treats you and you've got, you know, any kind of serious thing going on that's a, that's not a good idea yep that's not a good idea but by by and large most of these guys are not going to do that because they're not interested in being sued all right so uh if you've got local low back pain that's who the chiropractor treats is your local low back pain and a lot of them are good they can make that shit go away so there's a place for chiropractic all right it's but it's an individual issue all right and you just need to be careful ask your friends at the gym who they use 
that sort of thing. And then, you know, pay attention when you're there. And if the guy's an idiot, get up and leave. All right? Don't be afraid to get up and leave any doctor's office. Do not be afraid to get up and leave. Sometimes it's way better to do that than it is to sit there and let the man give you a Prozac prescription on the basis of a 45-second interview in his room. God almighty. Okay. Victoria Diaz, one of our coaches, asks, Rip talks a lot about a husband not coaching his wife. Is the reverse true? Does he not recommend a wife coaching her husband? Well, the recommendation. Well, you know, you've always. I, I think. I think you've always said, "Don't coach your your spouse," right? So, what I have said is, "Don't coach your spouse," because once something happens to the relationship between two people, once they start fucking each other, and those relationships are less um, adaptable to what would be. Cons- construed as criticism i tell i tell my wife that her squats are a half inch above parallel you know sometimes that causes problems it shouldn't but it does now if victoria wants to coach her husband and he's receptive well go ahead victoria's a good coach but i don't know man it just seems as though i don't offer help unless it's asked that's always the best formula to approach this Mm -hmm. with a spouse always always don't say don't say a word you sit there and bite your lip, but don't say a fucking word because it's not going to be productive mm-hmm. unless she asks you or he asks you for help. Now, you know, you guys don't believe me if you don't want to. I don't care. Go ahead and get in the middle of your wife's shit. Get right in the middle of her workouts. Make both her and you miserable. <laughs> Go ahead. Do that. And see if I'm not right. All right? (laughs) You know, it's real weird how often that question is asked. It comes up all the time. Yeah, Yeah. people want to help out, and they're terrified. terrified. You should be terrified because you – the the way I see the problem is you you guys put on your coach hat and you turn into an asshole. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. not you know not you guys rip, but I'm talking about because you know, I see the way coaches co- coaches are trying to emulate what they think coaching coaching looks like, right? And they're yelling and they're fucking screaming and they're hopping up and down on the platform and they're you know and and that may be fine for a pl- for a, a client who doesn't know better or it a, or, may be fine for a a, a younger client. Well, it, you, uh, everybody that is a successful coach has learned over the years that you don't treat all of your clients the same way. That's exactly what I was about to say. And the same thing applies to your spouse. It's your spouse first, so you need to consider – how how your instructions and coaching are going to be received by this person. Mm -hmm. You know, because I ask people this all the time. They're like, I was like, can you you and your wife cook a meal together? If you can't cook a meal without fighting – you, you don't have any business yeah, coaching. No. If you guys can do shit together, right. if you can set up a campsite, cook a meal together, whatever, to, there's no reason you can't lift and coach each other. Mm-hmm. You know, just don't turn into an asshole. Yep. In this particular right. context, you're turning into an asshole. Yep. No, that's that's absolutely true. You know, it's uh, you've got to uh, you, you you've got to approach all of your clients differently, mm-hmm. and especially the one you're married. To. That's right. Yep. You just my god and a lot a lot of people do not understand this fundamental now you you go into a situation like that and you make one giant ass mistake and you piss her off or you piss him off the opportunity from that point on for you to productively 
help somebody with, with that person with their training is gone. Yeah, you mm-hmm. fucked it up. Yep. You'll fuck it up. Same thing happens. They with, don't want to hear it anymore. Same thing happens with kids too. You know, you see, you watch a guy um, start coaching a kid, and he turns into a different person. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's the problem. That's fundamentally the problem. You mm-hmm. turn into it. You, you somehow put on this coach hat, and right. now you've turned into this other individual. And and the person you're coaching is like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Like I've right. I've never seen this guy before. Yeah. Get away from me. You know, and, and everybody's pissed. Yeah, you know? Like like you said, right. you, you approach every client differently. I don't coach Wyatt. He needs to be yelled at a little bit, right? Differently than I coach. You know, my, one of my younger clients, Blaine. Yeah. You know, me and Blaine, we talk trash to each other, but when he knows it's time to get down to business, we get to business. And he listens, but yeah, you know, everybody gets treated different. Yeah, and yep. you treat Jesse completely different than you treat anybody else. Exactly. And an inexperienced coach thinks that a coach behaves a certain way. Yeah, right. A coach doesn't behave a certain way. A coach behaves the way he needs to behave for that client, for the athlete he's coaching right then. And everybody is different. Mm-hmm. And everybody has to be treated differently. Yes. Especially the one you crawl in bed with. All right? So uh, you do what you want to do, Victoria, but just be real careful, all right? <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see here. This is a good question to illustrate one of the limitations of questions on this Q&A. I hurt my shoulder doing a one-rep max on the deadlift. It was the shoulder on the hand I had supinated. I think I let it drift away from my body as I was straining on it, which is normal for that side. It was going for 465. Did not get. Lift stopped at the knee and would not go higher. Actually surprised me. I expected it pretty easily. Next day after deadlifting, my shoulder hurt like hell when I would hold my arm out in front of me and raise it up. No pain going down. No pain if I hold it out to my side and raise it. Also hurts to push it up like a press. Two-syllable version. Right. Right. All right. Investigating what it was, I think I've strained my supraspinatus muscle on my on my rotator cuff. First time I've hurt my shoulder while lifting and sad to see how much it impacts all my other lifts. Can't squat, can't deadlift, damn sure can't bench or overhead press. Any advice on how long to take it easy and the best ways to rehab it? All right. I think, but I don't know this for sure. I don't think you did anything to your supraspinatus. I think you've got a bicep tendon. Right. That's what I think is you've got a bicep tendon. And I don't know if you tore it. I don't know how bad it is hurt. I would get somebody to diagnose that. Now, a talented physical therapist like Will Morris could do a physical exam and probably tell you with 95% certainty the extent of that injury. And if you can find somebody good, you can do that. Absent that, you're going to need an MRI. But I can't tell you what to do to rehab it because I don't know what the hell's wrong with it because all I've got is a piece of paper. You know, I haven't got a physical exam. I haven't got the slightest idea. But I'm pretty sure that you didn't hurt your supraspinatus. But I, I, by the same token, I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know anything about it. This is the kind of question that, I, you know, the answer to this question is, is get the thing diagnosed. And then we'll have to proceed from there with recommendations. Because without a diagnosis, uh, my recommendation is as useless as tits on a goose. You know, it's just not, uh, it wouldn't be appropriate for me to give you any recommendations unless I know what exactly what the hell I'm rehabbing. Right? So, okay, here's another one. Another injury question. My wife has a gymnastics background and has had a total of five knee surgeries. Jeez. They've consisted of three surgeries on one knee and two on the other, and it's been a combination of ACL and meniscus issues. She probably had a bunch of unnecessary surgery on her knees. Mm-hmm. Meniscus shit is operated on all the time for no good reason used to be more than it is now 
but so anyway uh she's trained fairly hard with weights for the past seven years and her knees have held up well until recently she says that one of them now feels quite loose more than it has in the last seven years she did have an mri and there's a slight acl tear in the loose knee she then visited with a doctor about the MRI. He ran a couple other manual tests on her knees and probably hurt her while he was doing it. Right. Draw sign test will hurt your knee. And said that her ACLs are dysfunctional despite the tear. Dysfunctional despite, despite the tear. Despite the tear. So that doesn't make any sense. No. So now I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. Okay. This is one of the limitations of a paper question for something like this. He then stated that she should no longer do squats with a barbell. Have you ever come across someone with dysfunctional ACLs, or is this doc full of it? What are your overall thoughts? Well, I have a dysfunctional ACL in my right knee because it's gone. I've got two dysfunctional ACLs. Everybody has, I mean, (laughs) everybody playing in the NFL right now, in the NFL right now has got a dysfunctional ACL. Yep. And it doesn't make a shit. Yeah, it's not the problem. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. As long as your hamstrings are strong, your ACLs can be gone and the knee be stable. Now, how do we get our AC, our hamstrings strong? Can you think of a way to do that? RDLs. RDLs. <laughs> Leg curls. Leg curls. Oh, yes. Oh, that's yeah, that's terribly effective. <laughs> Bulgarian split squats. Bulgarian split squats. No, that's, that's Functional squat. training of some sort, right? Yeah. No, the way you get your, your hair strength strong is you deadlift and squat. Now, you have to squat correctly, all right? And in the case of your wife here, um, maybe she's not got a vertical enough shin at the bottom of the squat to throw the load onto the hamstrings and off of the connective tissues of the knee because that's one of the reasons we coach the squat that way but by the same token i don't know what the hell's wrong here because the way you you articulated this problem acl her acls are dysfunctional despite the tear well the tear makes them dysfunctional right so despite is not a useful descriptor yeah so i I don't know. I don't have any idea. Well, she's got a tear. Her ACL's fucked up. She's got a tear. Her ACL's fucked up. Doesn't make any difference. You squat. And the knee is loose. None of that that matters. None of that makes any difference if you're squatting correctly. So, you know. There's very few people, you know, I can think two that I've ever known whose experience is that squatting does not make their knees feel better. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the only time that squats squatting. would not correctly squatting the yeah. way we teach yeah, the squat we're, we're would doing not make right. your knees feel better is if you had a big fat dose of chondromalacia, which is the loss of the cartilage right. on the articular side exactly. of the patella. Exactly. Other than that, I don't know, man. I've been squatting without an ACL for about thirty years, and I haven't had any trouble with it. In fact, my other knee's fucked up, not that one. So, uh, anyway. All right, here's an interesting question. Uh, Cameron Brimmer. Thoughts on cold plunge, ice bath, ice baths, cold showers, etc. I'm guessing this has been addressed before. I can't seem to find it. These therapies seem to be all the rage lately. Well, they were all the rage about 35 years ago, too. And I've heard a few folks, such as Andrew Huberman, cite multiple studies when expounding on their supposed benefits, including increased testosterone. Mm. Well, the way you increase testosterone is with TRT, not with a with a dip, ice bath. With a plunge? Yeah, and even, if, even plunge. if it does go up a little bit it's not going to be anything it's noticeable. temporary it's, I, uh, it's not i read an article about how nazis were doing um tests on jews they would put them out in the freezing cold and then test right. their testosterone level right and it would go up but it was minimal it's a minimal response yeah. all kind of things make all kinds of outside stress makes testosterone yeah. increase but not at clinical level exactly yeah that's, right. it. that's it 
Yes, that's been we looked at that a long time ago. Yeah. It's just in fact, your testosterone went up in response to a workout is meaningless, mm-hmm. right? Because it went back, it went up a little bit, and it went back right, down, right, right, and right. that's not enough time to to affect anabolism in the tissues. All right. Uh, so if anything, I tried cold showers, and while they do make me feel good afterward, I wonder if there's anything to them other than a placebo effect and or the dopamine reward for doing something hard. To be clear, I'm wondering about non-workout-related benefits. That's as all I, it's about. Mm-hmm. As I understand, they do not help with recovery from strength training and may even impede it. There's the, right, the so, two big things are the the feeling like you're doing something, so yep. the dopamine, yep. and then also the air of superiority yeah. from doing oh, something yeah. from doing something hard, like right, right. plunging into the air a, of superiority. I, I made it two minutes. Joe Rogan said I two minutes is uh, is probably the primary effect of for sure. Things. All right, I want to tell you this. I used to do this shit. All right, now the the water in North Texas is not cold except in the winter. So I used to do contrast showers after I trained for a little while, just wondering if it would work. And it was very invigorating. (laughs) All right. But I'm going to tell you there's stress. There's a profound stress. If you go from the hottest water that you can stand running on your skin for three or four minutes, long enough to heat you up, the effect that would be obtained in a sauna, and then go for go all the way down to 33 degree water yep coming out of the faucet it's a profound shock to the system and it is a stress and the way i know it is a stress is because every time i would do that it would break my fever blister out on my lip every single fucking time and your blood pressure would go up. Oh, God And your heart rate would increase tremendously. Yeah, it's just, you know, and the idea is, well, you're flushing the toxins and poisons, yeah, none of which are ever named. Right. You know, uh, Free radicals. System with the with the contrast showers and all this other bullshit. And I know, look, if you if you like the way it feels. Do it. Nobody says I mean, the Finns invented this, right? They got a sauna, and you get out of the sauna, you run out and jump into cold water. Yep. Right? you like the way that feels go ahead and do it but i'm telling you it's a stress if you're training hard adding another stress does not help recovery now think about this clearly all right try it yourself and see what happens you'll find that it's a stress and i know what it seems like it ought to do hot cold dilation contraction all that shit but none of that explains away the fact that you are applying a profound stress to a body that has already been profoundly stressed by your training you're adding to the recovery load that's exactly what you're doing but if you like the way it feels go ahead you have my permission go ahead and do it Okay. Yeah, just don't assign any magical properties. No, there's no magic there. It's just you know. Yep. If you want to be a Finn, go ahead and be a Finn. Finlander. It's the new. uh, It's the new mobility. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, mobility. Yeah, mobility was the huge thing five years ago, and the, the. cold plunge and it's all it's all joe rogan joe rogan pushes oh sure anything joe rogan's into is and everybody thinks it's it's magic you know yeah you know joe rogan's useful for sure he's done a bunch of useful stuff but uh you know i don't know how much he knows about recovery or strength training or anything else but you know i'm glad he's there yep i like him yeah, I like him too. I like him too. Now they've taken Tucker away from us. What? Who else are we going to listen to? <laughs> what happened to Tucker Carlson? Did he quit or did he? They fired. They him? fired him. But you he haven't quit. heard. No. They removed him. Oh, really? Over the weekend. Mm-hmm. He found out thirty minutes before they went public. Oh, he'll do better on his own. Anyway. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, he'll do better on yeah. his own. 
Oh, and and Fox's ratings are going to plummet. There's only yeah. Uh, That's it. The uh, Babylon B today had a headline. These guys are so good. Fox fires Tucker Carlson from Fox News. The only reason anybody ever watched Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> Or something to that effect. Yeah, that was, that was. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> so anyway, all right. Here's a, here's a programming question regarding my press programming. I'd been doing the compressed Texas method. Recently, adding in strict presses for three sets of eight in the middle of the week. The intensity day singles were getting heavy enough that I could only muster one single at a new PR weight. After the PR single, I reduced the weight by 5% and completed four more singles. So he's doing singles across. At a reduced with, weight. With a, with a PR single first and then backing off. Yeah, for for like four back off singles. All right, after PR single, I reduced the weight by five percent, completed four more singles. Just yesterday, I attempted two twenty for my PR single and couldn't get it. My volume day was one seventy nine times five times four sets. Strict presses worth three sets of eight at one fifty. He is five eleven and two thirty five. How can I get this unstuck? Should I be doing? pin presses instead of strict presses and if yes how should i program pin presses well you might alternate pin presses with strict presses so strict presses are a lighter than max right pin presses are a, are over max so it might be very productive to alternate those on a weekly basis can the common but, the common mistake of not going heavy enough often enough so right on presses you have to if you if you are if you are trying to do sets of eight and people do this all the time trying to do sets of eight to drive up a a heavy single press it does Does not not work work. does not work they're two different lifts pin presses pin presses will work very well so i would i would if it were me i would dump the sets of eight i see no point in doing sets of eight especially three sets across zero until you're pressing a fuck ton of weight you know, that, then you can, then it might be pressing make sense. over over three fifty. Pressing a bunch of weight, you maybe, might be able. To, what I would do is instead of doing the three sets of eight at one fifty, I think I would do. Oh, I think I'd probably do a. I would add in a pin press day. That'll get it moving, man. And uh, that'd be a fourth pressing day. And then instead of three sets of eight at one fifty, I think I'd come in and do one set of five. Yeah, when I when I have people do pin presses, it's it's a rotating set of five, triple, heavy triple, heavy single. Mm-hmm. Just right, on a, that's, on a that's right. off the pins. Yeah, off the pins. Right. Now I'm talking about just a regular set of five presses. Oh, one oh, 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 one oh. set across. Oh, no sets across, just one set. Yep. One set of five, and it doesn't even need to be a PR set of five. It just needs to be something that's kind of heavy. Yep. Like a ninety percent set of five, but even now that by that I mean ninety percent of five, not ninety right. percent of one RM. Right, right. I'm talking about a kind of heavy set of five. Yep. Because presses are a very technical lift. Presses are very very sensitive to bar path and technique. They're very sensitive. It does not take very much deviation from perfectly efficient bar path to miss a press as such they are extremely sensitive to practice and that's why the best pressers in the world from back in the york days and you know in the 70s when it was part of the lifting 60s all the guys that did the biggest presses pressed four days a week because you need to practice on it. You've got to get to where that bar path is exactly where you want it to be on every single rep. And the only way to do that is to press four days a week. Because the pin presses are not, they don't count for that. Pin presses is just an overload movement. And you, you're you not going to get them because they're not a really a press. You're not going to practice your groove, the bar path groove, 
with a pin press. That's an overload movement. So if you're going to do those, you're going to do pin presses, and I think you need to do pin presses, but you, you, you've got to add that fourth press workout that allows you to do some fives, and, you know, triples might work for that. I, yep. I was going to suggest you know, maybe a three-by-three three or a five-by-three. Maybe. You I know, mean, because you, you can make those play with it and see what yeah, works for you. Because you can make those heavy. Yeah, my, my point is that if you if if he if he's just now failing on the heavy single, so it's he's up to two he's trying to get two twenty. So right. assuming he's at two fifteen or two seventeen for a heavy single, um, right. it, it's not going to go from two fifteen to two twenty from one week to the next. No, no especially no. when you're when you're backing off ninety yeah, percent. But well, now, he said he said he's doing a heavy single. He's backing off to. to he, but but look, he probably knows this because he said his volume day was one seventy nine. For five, for four reps, four right. sets. Right, right. I'm talking about the heavy. So he's day, he's familiar with the idea sure. of micro loads. I'm t- yeah, yeah. So for sure, if, if he missed two twenty after having made two eighteen, maybe that's what he did. I don't know though. That, You're right. No, yeah. Either way, if it's two eighteen, yeah. two nineteen, whatever it is. But what needs to happen is it you don't go, you don't say, okay, I hit two eighteen, and I'm going to take five percent off of that. What you do is you hit 218 again and again and again. Right. You do it f- until you can get it 10 times. Right. And when you get 218 10 times, you're going to hit 225 next time. Yeah. And then you do that, and then you get go back down to 220 or 218, and you hit that again and again and again. That's where the practice aspect <laughs> comes in. It's got to be right at the limit. Right. It's so, got to be yeah, right at the limit. What he's saying he did is a PR single, then a back off, four other singles. Right. So what we're suggesting would be – more singles. More singles at the PR. Exactly. Repeat. As heavy as you can get it. So if you've done, uh, let's say 218 went for his single that time. All right. So he backed off from 218 to 212, something like that, 210 for four more singles. Right. Instead of doing that, next week, make yourself do two singles at 218 and then back off. And then three singles at 218, and then yeah. back off. In other words, don't try for the one – don't try for the PR every week. Consider the PR adding to the number of reps you did across with that weight. Exactly. It doesn't work the same as a squat and a deadlift. No. Gotta, a, that was the – So 5% of 218 is 207, if I'm doing the math right. That's too big of a – that's too big that's, an offset. That's, that's too big a you, drop. you got to be working within uh, 215 to 220. you got to right. hit 10 singles between 215 and 220. Right. That's appropriate. It's yeah. like within 3% is right. where you need to be. Yeah. yeah, even that might be too much yep. to drop off. If you're doing 218 for two singles – your last three singles ought to probably be 214. Yeah, that's right. 213, 214, somewhere yeah. in there. And just get the whole range up to the top of that and, and then, then once shift you the range get up. 215, 218 across for five singles across. Now you're ready to try 220. Exactly. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. Right. Yep. All right. Let's see now. All right. Uh, here's one that's. Uh, Probably two more. I get why we put the plates facing in for lifts in the rack, but why not face them out for the deadlift? That way you just lean down with one hand, grab the lip like you're grabbing it off the plate tree. Because it won't slide if it's on a bar. It's not going to slide as easy. Yeah, there's you have to grab it by the sides. You you, You still got to pull the bar. You are when we take a bar, we take a plate off of the plate racks. We're taking them off of a one inch pin, and the plate's got a two inch hole. Right. Yeah. So it flops around. One of the problems with these idiot companies that make plate racks with two inch pins. God, they're bad. You have to have both hands on the plate to get it off of the rack, and that's stupid. Right. And then that putting it back in, you're going to drop it on stupid. your toe. You know? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, no, it won't slide off of the of the Olympic bar like that. No. So you have to approach it the same way you do the... the yeah, because you're still approaching the bar from the side to yes. grab the plate. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So, anyway. All right, one more. All right. This is Tony Linnell Parham, one of our longtime... Network members here ask, Rip and crew, hope all is well. I just purchased a beef for my household. 
my question is in regard to the flavor of grass-fed and barley-finished beef versus corn-fed beef. I grew up on grocery store beef like most people, but now that I've had local beef, I find the flavor of grass-fed to be much better. I've heard some people refer to grass-fed beef as being more gamey. Is there a more poorly defined word in the English <laughs> language than the word gamey? <laughs> Venison is gamey. What does that even fucking I don't mean? Know, man. I have no idea what it even means. I think it means freezer burn. I I, I think they when they say it, gamey it, they mean lean. Like it doesn't have a whole lot of fat on it. I, I, I that's have, that's the only thing I can no idea. From it. That's the only I, thing I interpret from it. Uh, you, and you ask anybody who says, "Well, it tastes gamey." What do you mean by gamey? Well, you know, just gamey. Like it's self-evident I, I don't have any idea do you have a preference on how your beef is fed and finished what's the difference in taste between a grass-fed and corn-fed cow finally what's the beast best cut of beef for steak and eggs uh i have a preference uh for my beef to be as fat and greasy as i can possibly get it that means corn all right i like the flavor of corn-fed beef i like the flavor of well-marbled beef and what controls the marble in a beef is unfortunately not the feed it's the genetics you can stand a dairy cow in front of a trough of corn for six months and kill that steer and the damn thing will hang and it won't grade above low choice it's how well the the beef's genetics marble fat through the muscle that's the well that's why they make such a big thing. deal out of things like wagyu right i mean it's, that's exactly yeah. the difference between wagyu and a holstein steer right now some some breeds of cattle the british breeds are pretty good at marbling angus is popular now because of that because it's it's easier to make an angus carcass grade high because they they fatten up and they deposit intermuscular fat and that's what marble is and that's what makes the steak taste good right in terms of the actual flavor of the meat uh my sheep are way better than beef yeah that's just good my my sheep chops that we have we distribute these once a year at the gym and we everybody jumps in and we buy 15 sheep and i'll keep two or three of them carmen will keep one or two and we sell the rest of them to whoever wants one and my god that stuff's good because you know mutton just tastes better than beef but lean beef does not taste good to me grass-fed beef i would rather have venison i really would i'd rather have deer venison Elk venison may be actually the best meat I've ever had. Elk meat is so, so good. Oh, God almighty, it's good. And it doesn't marble. Right. There's not any fat elk meat. It's just that the 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 meat has got so much glycogen in it for some reason. It's just good. God almighty, elk is good. Elk hamburger, well, that's the best shit you've ever had. But grass-fed beef is certainly as hell not my preference at all because there's not a grass-fed carcass that ever grades above low choice none of them do yep everybody got everybody got really interested in grass-fed beef during the the paleo days when everybody's uh, during the late aughts yeah everybody everybody's worried about uh, when california ruled the fitness world yeah worried about the fat profile of the animal but the funny thing it's just like anything nutrition related it's like you you don't have you don't you haven't even started worrying about the things that actually matter right and now you're worried about you're ultra concerned about about the fat profile this of this has nothing to do with the flavor like you don't even eat enough protein yet so what you know you like do that first then worry about the omega-6 versus omega-3 profile if if it's even a problem if it's even a problem right. and if it is a problem why don't you just take some fish oil yeah you know you know it's just there, there's all kind of things to worry about if you're when i spend a bunch of money on a beef i want the damn thing to taste good and you make it taste good by selecting the beef in terms of its 
it's the and this is a producer will tell you this if it's if he can make his beef standing in the feedlot go high choice or prime then he knows how to feed them and he knows how to breed them because those are the two factors involved in the grade of the carcass carcass grades high choice it's going to taste good yep it's going to taste good now is it going to taste as good as my mutton no but my mutton is a secret guy that raises these sheep for us he's a genius this stuff is so good i've never given never fed anybody that i knew one of these sheep chops that i've got where they didn't say this is the best meat i've ever had in my mouth everybody says the same exact thing so it's the you know it's it's the animal species of the animal breed of the animal all these things go into it but you're wanting to know about grass-fed beef i don't want any grass-fed beef I don't like it. It doesn't grade, and it has an odd flavor. The fat's yellow instead of white. And, uh, you know, if there's any fat in it at all. You should just say it's gamey. Maybe it's gamey. Maybe that's what I don't like. The odd flavor is the gaminess. All right. (laughs) Well, yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Let's do it. You got shit to do. I got shit to do. I need to pee. And that's really the ultimate criterion for when we. <laughs> for the, the length of the podcast. Length of the podcast. Do I or do I not need to pee right now? See you next time. Right here on Starting Strength Radio.